Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, welcome back to the King Ragoni Show on the Believe Network and the Draft Network. We're here with Gilbert Frierson. GB. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Coral Gable's very own. Hey. <laughs> we try to get GB on the show for two years. He's been ducking. Yeah, but he's been ducking us. Bro, Rigoni attacked me 30 minutes before. I'm like, hey, what you doing in 30 minutes? <laughs> he'll see me all day. He's out here been locked room with me. Yeah. And then come at me 30 minutes and tells me, like, hey, what you doing in the next 30 minutes? He do be doing that for sure, though. Hey, I ain't going to lie, GB. I did that when stuff fell through. I can't lie to you. Stuff fell through. I was like, oh, I know my I know my dog GB got me, but uh you ain't had me like I thought you had me. But now nah, it's good to have you on here. Finally, you know, uh Ben wanna talk to you, you know, Coral Gables, Coconut Grows, very own. You know, you grew up across the street. You know, football obviously wasn't too good down here in Miami, Florida. But you know, you oh, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's his boy. Hold it, hold it. There's a reason y'all down here in Miami balling. Hey, t- Texas at the most guys draft this year again. Yeah, again. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Hey, man, no big deal, man. Now, hey, right. on the last episode, I read the comments. These people were going crazy arguing about uh, Texas, Florida. Uh, football. I'm not going to even argue with y'all. Like, y'all know. Like, we all know. Like yeah, We all know Texas. Of course, know. y'all going to stick up for your city. Like, you're supposed to, like, ride or die. But, like, in your blood, like, in your heart, you know I ain't gonna lie, bro. It might be Texas, Georgia, then Florida now. Yeah, it's Texas, Georgia, then Florida. Ooh. And then California. Now, now we in third place. We went from first to third. <laughs> Y'all was never in first. Man, I went in first for sure, show. Hey, man. Same old talk, but y'all ain't changed. Hey, but how was it uh, growing up in Coconut Grove? Man, it was straight, you know. Uh, like, you know, it was easy to fall off track, you know, if you took the wrong path for. Uh, hung with the wrong crowd, but, you know, I had family and friends that kept me on the right track on, on the way. So, you know, it's tough growing up, you know, in the neighborhood, type of neighborhoods we grew up in, but, like, it's always a way to make it out. So you got to, you know, just stay prayed up and stay focused. It's good you had, uh, you know, you got a couple older brothers that played ball, too, so it was good having, you know, role models, and they always, you know, pretty good at football, too, so that was good, right? How was that, having older brothers that was you know, good at football as well? It was good because I, I always wanted to be better. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a funny story is that the reason I played defense, because I, I, I always played receiver. Like, you know me, like, I, I was a true receiver, right? And I had one of my brother coaches in high school, and he's always saying, you know, like your brother at receiver. My brother's a pretty good receiver. He, my brother played for Uncle Chris by FIU, and he's a pretty good receiver. He's always messing with me when I was on JV, like, yeah, nothing like your brother. nothing like your brother. I said, you know what? I'm going to defense then. I ain't my brother. <laughs> and you had a couple of guys, like, that's exactly how I started really, like, playing full-time defense. Other than that, like, growing up into high school, I was really a receiver, you know. Yeah. You switched like that. You wasn't that's bombing what? nothing, though. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm still in. They, hey, they need me out there. <laughs> Getting bombed. No, but, uh, you know, you talked about his older brothers, but one you ain't mentioned was uh, his uncle. Oh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. One of the best, one of the best to ever do it right there. Right. 
I'm gonna say the best, but you know, I'm gonna leave that to the, the critics. But I'm gonna say the best to do it. But yeah, you know, having him around too is big. You know, still having him around there, having those talks and just seeing him work. You know, since I was a kid, seeing him go out there and work and work and, and put it on us, me and his son. You know, we have a son right now that my little cousin I play against. Uh, he at Southern Miss, we played him second game of the season. Yep. So, you know, he was always just hard on us and like, I mean, we see it. We see it. So it wasn't much he can really tell us because we see it. And he just he just wanted to get through us as much as he could. You know, our, our long days, our tough days. You know, he talked to us about just, like I say, staying focused. Like, you know, he went through his injuries and what he went through going into college and things like that. And people thought he wasn't going to be where he was today. But I seen him work and I just seen him stay focused. And most, most definitely always kept good people in his corner. Would you say he's a big, big, one of your biggest motivations? one of your biggest motivators as well? Oh, for sure. There's no question. Like, I mean, every time I go to his house, I'm like, yeah, I got to get a bigger house. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. I see his house and I'm like, yeah, I got I to gotta, I gotta get, get a bigger house. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, we just trying to do what he did. Plus, you know, what he did is incredible. Like, that's one in the middle. So, I mean, how, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, you know, just, like I say, just having those talks, just seeing him working putting that pressure on us when we needed it and letting us know when we was doing wrong, letting us know when we wasn't on the right track and keeping us focused. And that's, that's major to have somebody like that in your corner. And that, and that's done it for the amount of years that he's done it for. Yeah. It's just a blessing. Yeah. I'll say this about, about Frank. I know when I told my ACL in 2020, he was one of the first people to call me for, you know, we talked for like 30, 45 minutes on the phone. You know, he tore his twice, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami, so we talked about that. He's just like a, a real genuine dude. Like even after the draft, before the draft, like I was talking to bro on Instagram a lot, and you know what I'm saying, keep your head up and just go do what you gotta do, like all uh, that. So he's one of the, you know what I'm saying, he's one of the realest past hurricanes that, that I know. So uh, that's a pretty cool dude right there. Mm-hmm. I got a question though. I got a question. When, when did you know that you were a cane? Like was you know, always a cane? Like since birth or what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was always around it. I like. I was a kid, but I remember his drive party. I, I got pictures. We all were on me for tea. That's when everybody back then was on me for tea. Me and all my cousins that's around the same age, my son, we all in our on me for tea. And we have a little dance group. We used to step and stuff like that. So we danced at his whole drive day. And, you know, we were just around him. And, like, it's just crazy, like, you know, just being around him and just seeing all the compliments he made. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, you know, because I, I know I met your mom and stuff. How big of a motivation was she for you? Because, you know, your mom, that, that's one of the best things, I think, for you, that your mom lives, you know, right across the street from the school. The best thing is I see her cooking all the time. I'd be so <laughs> jealous. I'd be sliding up. I'd be texting you, when's your mom making a plate? When's your mom making a plate? But how is that? You know, how is it, you know, having her so close? Uh, nearby where you go to school, was that a big factor for you? And, you know, she one of your biggest motivations. Like, how was she growing up with you, you know, keeping you on track and stuff? Oh, man, yeah, mom, she's the same way, man, how she always been motivated. Just She just want me to do the right thing, man. Her, her main focus with me was just, you know, staying out of trouble, you know, doing good in school, getting my degree. So, you know, when I got my degree, I didn't even, I didn't even bring it home. I gave it straight to her, like, you know what I mean? Because that's all she really wanted me to do besides, you know, all the football. And know that come along, but she really just wanted me to stay focused in school. Like that is my motivator. Like you know, 
I pass my mom's house every day to get to school. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So I see her going to work and I, it might be a day, you know, not feeling it as much. And I see her going to work and I drive. Yeah. That, that's my cue. That's my, you feel me? That's God sending me my signal to go get an answer, go grind. You know what I mean? And, you know, we all have those days and I see her, she going to work and that just made me want to just work harder for her. You know what I mean? So she is my biggest motivation, my number one supporter. She always been that since day one. Right now, I can call and be like, "Mom, cook up a plate." You know she will. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you hear? Hey, I'm saying this in front of the people, Ryan. That time my mom cook, you getting the plate. You get the plate. The people hearing this, now. If, if you don't, I'm gonna be upset now. Hey, I'm gonna be upset. Hearing, I'm a minimal word. All right, man. <laughs> but how was uh? You know, obviously, your football family, your brothers, your uncle. You know, what was it? You know, when was it that you realized, man? I'm, you know. I'm pretty good at this football stuff. I think really going into my eighth grade year. Uh, <laughs> going into my eighth grade year. And it wasn't even because football. It was really because uh, it was really because I wanted to be on the basketball team. And I wanted to be on the basketball team. And I was like, you know what? I want to go on every field trip. I want to go on every – I want to do every eighth grade activity. You know what I mean? And – and my mom worked at my school, so I was like, all right, I want to do good for my mom and things like that. So it was really like going into my eighth grade year, I wanted to really turn on the switch. And it was really, like I said, because of basketball, I wanted to be on the basketball team, like stand out of trouble in school, stop hanging around the own crowd, stop doing them little small little things I had to do. I had to really mature because I, I kind of knew like, all right, I'm good. You know, you know, everybody played part one of growing up, you know what I mean? But then you get to high school, you get some guys, you know, they start to weave out and things like that. And I wasn't one of those guys where it's like, okay, you know, like football might not. It was always my motivation. I've been doing it since four years old. So it's like, ah, why get this far to only get this far? So when I when I started, when I got into high school, it really clicked on, it clicked on, it clicked on. And I'm here right now. Oh, sure. And high school, uh, you told me about one game. I think it was with the uh... – DJ Ivy Nut, you play. He was scared to cover you or something like that. <laughs> hey, nothing new, right? Hey, listen to this game. I don't think you know, right? Nah. So me and Nut, we know we was always been together in high school and stuff like that, right? So Nut, he's been out here, whatever. So we go to my school and we hanging out. I don't know. We in my head coach office, we just talking ball and whatever. So my head coach say, "Hey, DJ, you know we playing on give it that receiver, right?" So he's like, ah, yeah, yeah. I say, I only got one route. If you ask anybody, I had one route, and it was a bomb. I had one <laughs> route. It was a real yeah. route. All right. So we played DJ the first game of the year. And I'm talking to DJ every day. Me and DJ talk every day. And all I'm knowing is that DJ finna stick me. DJ finna stick me today, right? It's going yeah. down. And they had they had Tariq. They had Tariq Stevenson. Tariq was young, though. Tariq was yeah. a young. He was, he, was, he was the young cornerback. He, yeah. he had blown up as much as he was. So it was DJ, and they had another uh, guy named uh, Smoke. He ended up going to FIU. And I lined up every receiver. DJ, go to safety. That's so, crazy. Right? I said, why you go to safety? <laughs> we already know what you're doing, right? So we already yeah. know. No, so they played like quarter three qu- uh, quarters like that. So, yeah, he didn't really want to stick me still to the day. He won't admit it, but he yeah, didn't want to come it. out there and stick me, man. Well, it was that scared for real. Hey, I'm going to say he was scared. He didn't want to stick me. But yeah. hey, that was my boy though. He he want no pause of me, man. 
when uh when did you start blowing up in high school as far as like getting offers and all that? Crazy. It was um uh, going into my going into my junior year spring. That spring I had um went to the Florida Fire trial. I had stuck a lot of guys. I, I went like I went like six six for six. I stuck six guys. Six for six. Yeah. And uh it was a, it was a couple of good guys. I ain't, I ain't gonna say the names. It was a couple of good guys, you know what I mean? And yeah. And it, it was really like two guys that that I stuck. And, and one guy did a comeback and I played it good. Another guy he did like a slant, I played it good. But those guys, like I say, those guys, one guy in the NFL right now, and the other guy he's in college right now. So those were pretty good guys. And I went against four other guys after that. And I did, I did well. I went, and I say nobody caught the ball on me, anything like that. And then from that day. I had my first offer was I had got Alabama at the 707 trial. I had Alabama, West Virginia, Georgia, FAU, USC. Like all in five minute wins, man. Damn. Like, seven on seven. I can't you know, like, you going, if you ask anybody, like, it was shocking because that day, all I did was wake my brother, my brother. I woke my brother up that morning. I said, hey, take me to the 707 trial. I say Cooney was the coach back then. So I'm like, hey man, take me to the 707 trial. You know what I mean? Like Cooney already, they already told me to come out, you know, just ball, whatever. And I woke my brother, he didn't even know. Like he was tired. I said, bro, you gotta wait for take me to this camp. You know what I mean? And I had a couple of friends that I was that I grew up with. They already had started to get their offers on Josh Job and Marlon Brooks. So they already had jumped, they already had got their offers first. So I'm like, okay, my, my boys got it. So that just motivated me. Like, all right, time to get yours, you know what I mean? So at that camp, when I left, I had five offers. Like walking off the field, five offers. I had a seven-on-seven trial. That's crazy. I swear. At Florida seven-on-seven trial. Coach Dennis, much love to Coach Dennis. He looked out for me. Coach Cooney and the rest of the Florida Fire coaches, all of them, they looked out for me. Coach JR, they so loved it. But, you know, after that, by that next morning, I think I had seven to nine. Seven to nine offers. And then (laughs) – and then Miami uh, offered me probably like off of 11, 13, right? And I'm yeah. telling you, I get offers back to back. And uh, CJ Henderson, all right? I'm at school. I'm at Gables. I get DeWasso to come pick me up. CJ Henderson, that when he was committed, they hit me up like, bro, come in, come in, come in, come in, you know? Uh, you know, so I'm going to think about it. I'm going to uh, go meet with my moms and things like that. So I picked my mom up from work. My mom worked at Ponce de Leon right in front of the school. So Hit my mom up from work, went, we met with Coach Rick, done right. Coach Rick, Coach Ben, all the coaches, they put me in the big room. I call it the big room. They know. Uh, so we call it, we don't use that, they don't use that office no more, but they put me in the room. We all talked and just hanging out and things like that. And my mom, she didn't really want me to leave anyways. Like my mom, only one of my mom's kids had went off to college. Two went to FIU and one went to Fort Hayes State University in Kansas. But she ain't really, one morning, I just stayed close to home, man. When I was in there, they talking. I say, Mom, can I – I whispered to her. I was like, Mom, can I commit? She said, do whatever you want to do. And I was like, all right. So, um, <laughs> so I go and I meet with Coach Rick in his office. I commit. After I commit, I promise you no lie. I probably got like three offers after that. Yep. That's how it be. Like three, four offers. Uh, Florida State, they called me instantly. Uh Cause Florida State, they was recruiting my boy Amir Rasul, so they was already coming around and stuff like that. And I had met with the coach before, you know, um, you introduce the young guys going spring to the coaches and stuff like that. 
So he called me. They weren't really, they didn't really talk about much. They just, they just all for me because I had committed Miami. And then yeah. um, Coach T Rod, when he was at um, South Carolina, he came by and then NC State. And then Coach LT, when he was at Kentucky. So I ended up with four offers I thought committed. So yeah. no other school, they really ain't want to mess with me. And I was a hard commit because me, yeah. um, my boy Joe committed, then, then DJ committed right after me. So it yeah. was just like, schools ain't coming. Lose ain't come, so I jumped Josh. off with ten offers, twelve offers, and that was it. Josh Job and CJ Henderson was committed to Miami. You say what? Josh Job and CJ Henderson was committed to Miami too. Yeah, Josh Job flipped late. Joe was committed. Joe was the, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first 2018 commit. And, and, he and then what about too? So he went to Bama, then CJ went to uh, Florida, right? CJ went to Florida. Damn, that's crazy. Both of them boys was committed. CJ really got me to commit. That was great. CJ had got me to commit. And then Joe, you know, Joe did what he did. But um yeah, yeah he he picked, he had ended up going to Bama on um, last minute. They were pushing yeah. hard and they, again, you know what I mean? You know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I feel like it's always like that Miami, like, man, they had this guy committed, this guy wasn't go here, but they ended up going somewhere else. I'm not gonna lie. Me being from Miami, it'd be a lot of outsiders too, like yeah. It can be like you gonna have push there. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's the truth. Like you have, you have different people in your ears trying to make you pursue somewhere else. Yeah. It just be like that. I got you. So your first year here, you know, you came here in the spring. Uh, early enrollee, how how was your whole first year? My very first six months, when I really didn't enroll, it was what? January 10th, January 11th. I graduated high school early. And, and you know, for me, it was right there. Like, my high school five minutes away, my mom five minutes away, my neighborhood five minutes away. So it was just like everything, it wasn't even, everything I needed was here, right? So my first six months, probably was the best time I ever had. At Miami. I'm not gonna lie, it was the best one I had. I'm supposed to be in high school, I'm in college, and I just had fun. And then my freshman year, you know, leading up to the season, as a freshman, I ain't really take a lot of things for real. I ain't take my weight for real. I ain't take my body for real. You know, young guy just just living a freshman life, you know how all freshmen be. Um, and I didn't take those things for real, like uh, getting enough sleep, eating right. Uh, lifting right, lifting all day, doing different things to get my body functioning, going going in the training room, getting in the tub. I wasn't like doing those things as a freshman. So I was just, I was just like, whatever, I'm here right now. And that right there made me take a step back because I had gained too much weight. I was overweighted. I put growing. And it was a slow start for me. But I, I did stay focused if 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 you know I ain't mess up in school. I was staying focused in school. I was on task with that. And then, you know, before the season, when they told me I was on scout team, you know, as a freshman, he was just like, what? So I'm, like, kind of heard about the situation and things like that. And then, like, you get, like, we get, like, to week three, week four. Now I'm just having fun on scout team. I'm make, if this is going to be my only – these going to be my only reps, I'm making my best rep. And then I, we had Jimmy Murphy at the time. I don't think I was here with Jimmy Murphy, but y'all know Jimmy. Y'all know Jimmy. I was here with Jimmy. Okay. So, you know, I had Jimmy. And 
So Jamie used to get defensive player scout team of the week every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I'm gonna try to get this from Jamie Murphy, man. So I started going hard in practice and probably like week six, week, week five, week six. It was into it. And I was at corner still. I, I came in as a corner. I was playing corner on scout team, giving them looks and you know, just practicing. And and then I on uh, the striker, that's how I ended up at striker because on scout team. This guy we had a striker, he I think he got hurt or something, he went down. I had I had like, hey coach, I can get that striker. I just try it like this man striker. And then I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm getting the hang of this. And I, I was actually doing good. And scout, I'm really just balling the scout. Like just balling. I mean, I say they're my only reps. If you ask the boy, I had fun in practice. I made practice fun because I knew I'm gonna go over to the scout team. I'm gonna try to beat Jimmy Murphy out. Jimmy Murphy, he had the motor, he don't stop, he go every place. So yeah. I was just trying to work, work, work like that. And then after the season, Coach Ron called me, said, you know, we think I'm going to move me to strike. You know what you want to do? I said, Coach, whatever. I just want to play. And then I knew they were moving on Zach to Will. And then it was only Romeo. So I'm like, okay. Better chance. It's two, it's two guys. Live to rotate in. You never know what's going to happen. And that's how I became a striker. Coach Packy called me after. Coach Ron called me. like, let's get to work. I, I came and, in that summer. The first yeah, time. Yeah. That's exactly how I became I, I became the um position I play now because of scout scene. Cause I was gonna go to safety. I was yeah. gonna move back to safety. I played safety in high school. Came yeah. to Miami, I wanted to get a corner to try. Learn a corner. I'll never and forget I, the first thing GB ever told me. It was it was the funniest thing ever. I, I come in right in the summer and we're doing meetings and everything. And, you know, I'm asking questions because I want to know so I can, you know, get in on 7-7 and and stuff. And I think we were in a meeting with Coach Packy or something, and I was like, hey, you know, what, what, uh, what do I do on this? I swear to God, GB, GB was saying, like, blitz on every single play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn. It's like every play. <laughs> and Coach Packy's dying laughing like it's the <laughs> summer like we just bullshit like it's the summer yeah coach packy's tired <laughs> laughing <laughs> i will go hey i say hey just blitz every piece <laughs> like, hey man when in doubt you don't know the play you don't know blitz. what you're doing blitz that's funny hey that's the best that's, that's, that's stuff you do say hey hey it worked when it worked Hey, it worked when it worked. It worked when it worked. Nah. You end up making the tackle and they're like, well, damn, you know, you can't, you know, M- uh, M.A., great play. Great play. <laughs> but you blitz, you weren't supposed to blitz. That's funny. Hey, that's how I was when I first became a striker. I just, hey, I just really thought it was just blitzing. So now, so now you're in Miami, you're a striker now. So, like, kind of talk about, like, your, your journey, like, from your freshman year, you know, to now. Like, how would you, how would you explain, like, your experiences and your journey at Miami? Whew, it's been a roller coaster, but I'm not gonna lie. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. Yeah. I'm grateful for every coach that came in my life. I'm grateful for every obstacle I had to pass. Real, cause like that made me who I am today. You know what I mean? Like we can all say if we would have did this, if we would have did that, but like what what God got laid out for you. You feel me? You just gotta really follow the path. And I did that. You know, like, like I see, man, my freshman year, I ain't played, so I knew I was a scout team player. When they called me at my, my going into my sophomore year, and I'm just like, I just want to play. So if it's striker, it's striker. You know yeah. what I mean? Junior year, you know, junior year went smooth. 
And then I kind of took a back step, you know, last season and play as well as I wanted to, you know what I mean? But like I say, things like that happen. God put me in this position for a reason. I just really got to keep following his glory and following his footsteps and trusting him and just putting in the work on my end, you know what I mean? Like just giving it all I got. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be happy with my result because I know I gave it all I got. I like that. Mm. So that's a, uh, you know, everybody got different paths for like for real, they, everybody got different paths. So like, what, what, like, what's for them is for them, right? Bro, like sometimes, and sometimes, like, it's people, crazy. Yeah, sometimes people will like look at somebody else, like, damn, I wish it was me. But same time, like, bro, everybody, like, we all blessed. Yeah, we all blessed, bro. You got to just follow your own path and make the best of your situation. Oh, yeah, and that's what sometimes people mess up though, is especially when you're young. You know, you know, yeah. when you when you get much older, and you get like your fourth year, fifth year, and you get. You start to see yeah. little things, and you don't do the same thing that, that a young guy might do or things like that because you'll know, like, okay, that ain't it. Or, oh, I can't keep doing the same thing expecting different results. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. doing the same thing and and it's not working, you can't keep doing that. You know what I'm saying? Expecting different results. And it'd be crazy. I mean, I just seen a couple guys that I, I took out on their official visit get drafted. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, like, woo. <laughs> Like they came in a year after me, probably you feel me? Two years yeah. after me, but it's just like whatever God got planned for you, he got planned for you. You know what I mean? Like you really can't, you really can't rush this process, especially in college. Like you'll see a couple guys rush it, and then they'll they'll look around and be like, nah, this ain't what it is. You know what I mean? You really just gotta, like I say, you gotta really follow God's glory for you, because like like I say, your path is totally different from someone else. If that if that might work for them, but that might not work for you too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once you really know that and you really get to understanding that when you're in college, that's the best, that's the best thing, the best feeling. Cause now you feel like you're more in control of your environment or what you got yes. going on, how you handle a certain situation that you might want to handle different. You handle it totally different just because you're more wiser and, and the knowledge that you had along the way, the people that you met along the way that influenced your life. I mean, I say like, I say, man, I'm just blessed, man. I take I take it one day at a time. You can't think too far ahead because then you're gonna miss the stuff that's in front of you. I like that right there. You know, I kind of want to. You know, one of the last things I wanted to talk about before we get to the question that we ask everybody is, you know, I want to ask you about this spring. You know, how you felt about this new defense and you know the position you're in. You know, playing a bit of a nickel. You know, uh, Sam linebacker. You know, just switching things up. And you had a great spring too. You know, you you had a really good spring. Bunch of interceptions you had. You had some that you dropped right in your hand. You never picked, you never picked me off. I picked I did. Off. I picked them off. I never picked you off. I never picked you off, King. I don't think I never did. You never picked me off. I don't think I, I did. did. Hey, I remember that first spring here. I was the only one. Yeah, I threw one pick first spring to this guy. It don't count. It was one on one though. For real, was it one on one? No, it was seven on seven. You remember I caught it behind okay. my head. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. You did. Yeah. You did. It was on Will Mallory. He threw it to, he yeah. threw a jump ball to Will Mallory, and I just like I like <laughs> put my hand behind my head. Yeah. And that was your highlight of the year, man. Nah, that was one. Of them. <laughs> I had a good spring that spring. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. hey, I, I remember I threw the ball down like on Will. And <laughs> I remember that shit. But, yeah, you was mad as shit. That was the only uh, what's it called interception through all that spring. But yeah, you uh. I love a couple. I love, hey, I love people out there. I love like two, three out there that I owe my peoples. And I, hey, yeah. I owe my peoples that one. 
I left a couple. Made of a, we made a bunch of big, uh, big hits too in spring. Bunch of TFLs. You know, you could tell you really, you know, started to get the defense more towards the end of the uh, spring. I mean, that's like you know everybody, but you know, you're a smarter player. That's one some people don't get. Some people don't know. That's what makes you a good player. You're one of the most knowledgeable players on our, you know, team when it comes to football. How was it for you? You know, learning, learning, trying to learn a new playbook after you've been like drilled something for four years, like it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a different transition and it's like a totally different playbook and defense. But if, if you kind of like, so how I do and how I learn things fast, you know what I mean? I try to bracket things. So I bracket my plays in a way like, okay, we used to run it this way and try to mix it with what we run now and just see the difference and how can I maybe relate the coverages to know which is which, which one high, what two, which one too high, which one we're in zero, which one we're in this, which one we're in that, which one we're disguising. And I say, um, being, being um, a very smart football player, I kind of like, I buy into it more because you got you to gotta know your strength and you got to know your weaknesses. You know what I mean? So if I know what you're doing before you do, that kind of helped me out. I can, I can move a little faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can react faster. If a, if, a, if a tackle, he might be heavy on his hand, so you know he's blocking down. Or he might be light on it and he pass blocking. Or you might have a guard, he's far back, you might know he's pulling, you got to jump a guy. So it's like, me, I just, I just call it being a technician of the game, you know what I mean? And then, I, then you get, like, get with guys like Ed Reed, right? And Ed, and it's so crazy, because the type of Ed guy, Ed watched the weirdest things. Ed watched the smallest things. And, like, and you wonder, like, what makes him such a great player? And when you watch a film with him, it's so crazy because he's standing up, watching the film, and acting like he's that defender on the field, putting himself in that position. And I learned that a lot. Like, put yourself in that position. See what that player did wrong and how can you make it better. See if a guy, a receiver, he might move his hands when he's getting the ball. You know what I mean? Or his hands might be down when he's not getting the ball. Or, or he might, if he run hard off two steps, he's usually going out. You know what I mean? So Ed looks at things like that, and I picked that up from him. Like, okay, um, like small things like that. Oh, running back, the running back might look turn his head right before he don't um, get the ball to know what gap he want to hit. You know what I mean? Like, everybody do something, even us on defense. We do something where you might know you're blitzing this play or know you're not blitzing this play. You know what I mean? So, um, my knowledge of the game, I just I just know, like I say, you got to just kind of know what they're doing before they're doing. You got you to gotta really just buy into the system. You got to believe in the coaches. You got to trust the coaches. Like I say, like, we, we in the new – this is a totally different environment. We all still getting to know each other. We all still abundant. We all still trying to find out who, who the guy we playing for as a coach, the player next to you. Everything relates as one. You know what I mean? If I know your struggles and I know everything that you're willing to do behind this football and for the team, then I, that gives me more confidence. You know what I mean? If you know what I got going on, that gives you more confidence of, like, I know he got my back. I know this coach believe in me, vice versa, however it goes, you know what I mean? And, you know, like I say, this is a new culture. And, you know what I'm saying, we just taking it one day at a time. Like I say, man, we're in a new system, so we all learning. We all putting in a new place. We all learning together. We all, they learning how we play. We learning how they coach, you know what I mean? 
and it, it all working out. As you can see, like we, we just trying to get better. We all trying to play harder. We we just we just go out there to give it all. Like I say, like coach always asks, you know, just go out there and give it your all every chance you get. Sure. Yeah, right. Well, you know, there's a thing we always do at the end of every episode. Oh, we ask every single guest, what is one piece of advice that you could give anyone? It doesn't have to be about football. It could be about anything. What was one pe- uh, piece of advice you could give to anyone? I give my advice to my youngsters, to the, the, young, uh, the young bros out there. And I like giving a message to them because I was in that position. You know, with some of them, things might not be going your way right now. Things might not feel right. But like I say, man, if you surround yourself around good people and, and you're doing the right thing, like Coach Rump always say, if you're living right, things are going to go right for you, man. You just take it one day at a time. Never rush your process, no matter what people try to say, no matter what people try to do to bring you down. Always keep your faith in God. Always stay, always stay humble. Always stay humble. Never, never get above, never get above yourself. You know what I mean? So keep uh, my advice would be, like I say, keep God in your hands. Follow his footsteps. And to my young guys, just stay focused. You know what I'm saying? You never know when your time comes. Just always be prepared. That's good. Good one right there. Hey, one last thing. One last thing. It's just a funny story that I remember when we were talking about Coconut Grove. It was me, you, and Romeo. We driving down the street with the windows down in Coconut Grove. <laughs> this is how you know. Yeah, he neighborhood that. hero, GB. We have the windows down. Tell me why every person we pass, there's some badass little kids like yelling out, <laughs> man, screw you, GB, like messing with them and stuff, like across the street. They got a, a dude in a wheelchair was going by across the street. Yo, GB, GB. Yeah. Like, bro, everybody that we passed up knew him. Everybody. Yeah. We were just driving by, like. Well, they were a hero for real. No, no I, mean, I just tried, man. I just, look, man, to be honest, we all can do it. We all can do it, man. And, like I said, I'm close to home. Like, we got guys that's in school at other places and things like that. But, you know, I'm home. They see me. They, they see me around. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they be in the neighborhood. I might be there just, you know, hanging out. And they see me. And they might just want to play ball in the street. And, you know, just want to hang out and just ask questions. Ask for, they, ask for some gloves. They always trying to get some gloves from me. <laughs> it's thousands of them. And they trying to get my gloves. They always getting gloves. But, like I say, like, um... You know, I just try to be there for my community as much as, you, as much as I could. You know, I, I had the camp last year, which I'm doing again this year. Um, King came out to the camp, and a couple of my teammates came out to the camp. And if you was just out there, you felt the energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. People just out there, man. That was like a blood party for real. Yeah, for real. Everybody's just out there. Like, even it was it's like the camp done, and everybody's still out there just hanging out and having a good time, barbecuing and chilling. And that, that's, that's what's important, man. You know, just – giving back as much as you could. Just let them see you. You know what I'm saying? Let them see you doing the right thing. You know, they, they see they see too much of the wrong thing out here and, you know, and just let them see the right thing. And you might not, you not, you might can't touch everybody, but you can touch somebody. And, and you never know who life you can change just by saying what's up or giving them advice or just answering or whatever they need. You know what I mean? So I just try to be that much as I could for my community. Amen, bro. That's real. Definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on the show for a little minute, talking to us and all that. Appreciate that. Appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. Sure. And good luck on your process too, one. 
I'm straight. I leave Thursday, go to New England, so we're yeah. that. Bro. Yeah. yeah, boy, you finna be cold, boy. <laughs> yeah, I already know. <laughs> hey, you finna be cold, but but hey, man, I already yeah. know you. We're locked yeah. in. Good luck to you. And, you know, take appreciate care. It, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening in. You know, from me and Derek. Thank y'all from Team Regoni Show. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.